G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Well, if you enjoy a little church history, some of those things that happened in the Middle Ages might be a bit of a shock. Where that word heresy came to the fore and there were people who were being burned at the stake and drowned and all sorts of horrendous things would happen. But what about that word today? Is it a word that is still relevant to us today? Let's talk through the issues of heresy. Bill Muhlenberg's back with us. Hello, Bill. Welcome back to 2020. Many thanks. Bill, heresy is a very strong word, isn't it? And uh, sometimes uh, used a little bit too lightly by Mm -hmm. some. Yes, well, that's right. As I point out in this piece, uh, there's two extremes we want to avoid here. The the one is to say that nothing is heretical and people can get a you know get away with anything they want, believe whatever they want, and uh, you know nothing's important. No doctrines are worth getting excited about. Well, there are. There are heresies. There are, you know, the denial of the deity of Christ, the Trinity, and so on, which are very important. But the other hand, which is more the point of this piece, is, you know, those who want to, uh, you know, just about every other second, they're claiming this or that is a heresy, and they're going overboard, and they see a heretic under every rock, and uh, just because you happen to disagree with them on some minor point, you know, you're, you're labeled a heretic, so that can be a danger as well. So we have to find the, the biblical balance, as always, between the two extremes. How much trust do we put in the organization that might accredit a person who is theologically trained? And I'm talking about a church because churches have their tenets of belief. And uh, for some churches, there are many traditions that go along with those. Uh, And I guess if someone is accredited to be a representative of that particular church, then they're obliged to teach the doctrines of that Mm -hmm. church. And I guess the church itself... Uh, gives credence to the things that that person says and says those things are right. So when we when we cast aspersions or when we call names, uh, we perhaps need to understand what the church is saying as they accredit the person who's saying those things. Mm. Yes, well, mind you, we live in an age in which uh, increasingly more and more churches and denominations and Christian ministries are afraid to even have a statement of faith. You know, we've so watered down doctrine and the importance of good theology, and we all want to just get along and, you know, have everybody like us, that uh, there's a lot of groups nowadays that don't even have a statement of faith. But uh, those that still do, hopefully if they're, um, you know, uh, if you're looking for a good, you know, what is a kind of a sound uh, statement of faith, well, I, I'd say if you go back to something like the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed, you know, that contains pretty much the basics of the faith, not too much extra, not too much missing. It's a good summary. So even in this discussion of heresy, you know, what constitutes heresy? Well, if you strongly deviate from something like the Apostles' Creed or, or the Nicene Creed, that would be a good uh, beginning. So, uh, 
And I would think most uh, church groups would have something along those lines. So, uh, you know, if you're adhering to that, basically, I think we can extend to one another the right hand of fellowship, obviously, when you start moving outside of those parameters, denying things like the deity of Christ. That's where we get into a bit of trouble. I always appreciate when I visit a traditional church, and a lot of churches, they go through the Nicene Creed or the Apostles' Creed every week, and the whole congregation stands and they will recite the Creed. Those are a reinforcement of those basic doctrines of Christianity that don't change, and the ones that really we do have to hold very tight to. Yeah, so it's a it's a good uh, standard. I mean, it, nothing's infallible in that sense, any human-made document, but those are pretty decent and well-thought-through uh, standards of the faith. Mind you, I think you're going to different churches than I am. When I was a, a boy, I recall uh, reciting the uh, Nicene Creed, but I don't think I've been to any church in the last 20, 30 years that I've, I've heard those uh, repeated, so... Uh, you move in different circles than I, but that's that's good that some churches still do that in, on a regular basis. And if you can agree on those basic uh, unchanging uh, understandings from the Scripture, there is room then, what you're saying, uh, for that, uh, like uh, what we might call a gentlemanly agreement, to mm-hmm. agree to disagree on yeah. some things yeah. that are not quite as strong as yeah. those issues of the tenets uh, right. in the creeds. Yes, exactly. I mean, there are all kinds of what we might call secondary here, whatever uh, doctrines, those areas where, you know, they're important, but they're not something you want to go over against the wall over. Uh, You know, you don't have to give up your life on uh, perhaps a type of baptism or worship style or church government or various beliefs about eschatology in the end times. They're all key things, but they're not, you know, the absolutely vital thing that if you happen to have a little bit different take on them, that all of a sudden turns you into a heretic. So we really do need to give a bit of room, cut a bit of slack to one another in some of these lesser uh, issues and, uh, you know, just ease up on uh, trying to label everybody a heretic simply because they don't line up with your 87 points of fine doctrine here. Uh, stick to the basics. Let's certainly agree to the basics, but there should be some room to move on the on some of the lesser issues in Scripture. Bill, is there any softer terminologies you can use other than the word heretic uh, that uh, that might describe someone who perhaps is on a learning curve, on mm-hmm. a journey towards truth? Uh, yeah, I mean, you could talk about aberrational teaching or, you know, areas of concern and various doctrines, and I suppose we all have some things that might be a little bit dodgy, hopefully of the secondary order. Um, I've changed my views over the years on some some things like eschatology and other things. So, you know, we do, as I say in my article, we do need to be humble here be very firm, very strong on the basics of the faith, you know, don't cave in on the fundamentals by any means, but on a lot of the other issues, as I say, the secondary doctrines, uh, stay humble, stay on your knees, uh, you know, learn to embrace others who might have slightly different takes on some of these things, and uh, you know, that's uh, biblical unity is also important, as is biblical truth, and trying to get the right balance between the two is always important. So uh, 
an attitude of humility will help us quite a bit, I think, as we uh, work through some of these areas. I guess if you bring a prideful approach to doctrine, you're going to get yourself into trouble. But uh, I like your word there, humility, because when you take a humble approach to the way that you view doctrine, it can be a uniting factor rather than something that brings division. Yes, that's right. Again, it's, you know, the basics of the faith. You don't want to flinch on those. You do want to be dogmatic in the good sense of the word, but there's all kinds of uh, other issues in the faith where we can be a little bit more flexible and we don't need to, you know, denounce one another so readily. I mean, I'm sure people probably think I'm a heresy hunter at times because I'm a stickler for doctrine, but certainly the basics we got to take a firm stand on, but on a lot of the others we can be a bit more uh, open and a bit more humble, I think, in our approach. Well, Bill Muhlenberg, you can see Bill's article on heresy hunters when you visit Bill's website. Just Google Culture Watch and you'll find Bill Muhlenberg. Bill, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us again today on 2020. All right, many thanks. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.